This is the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program. Hello and welcome. Last week we started a series of programs about the main chakras, those seven important energy centers that lie along the spine, in the middle of the brain, and at the crown of the head. Last week we talked about the first energy center, the Muladhara. Today we're going to look at the second, called the Swadhisthana. Well, John Tedesco is on the panel. Richard Kennett will be coming up later in the program. And this is Brian Bell talking about chakras. Under special circumstances, these seven energy centers can be linked, nourished, brought into balance by the life force each one of us has within us, that life force known in Sanskrit as Kundalini. It is the activating of this kundalini and its rising up through these chakras that brings about the manifestation of the self, the spirit. In other words, brings the spirit, the very essence of our being, onto the central nervous system so that for the first time we can actually feel the spirit with the senses. It is the rising of kundalini that brings to each of us our enlightenment our spiritual liberation, our moksha, all names for the same thing, brings us to that state of self-realization which allows us to meditate in a way that gives us health, well-being, deep-seated peace and joy. This self-realization at our particular time in history is remarkably easy to achieve. This is because Evolution has now reached the point where something of the nature and the power of self-realization can be sensed. It's, it's in the air. And because Shumatiji Nirmala Devi, the founder of Sahaja Yoga, has discovered a very simple way of guiding those who desire it to the point where their union, their yoga, their moksha, their self-realization takes place. So, here now is Srimataji. For the next ten minutes, she will lead any of you who desire your self-realization through the very simple process of gaining it. For those of us who already have our realization, this process will help to deepen the experience. Slip your shoes off so that you are nearer to Mother Earth. Sit comfortably. Place your hands on your lap, palm upward, and relax. Now, we have to close our eyes. You can take out your spectacles, because you shouldn't open your eyes till I tell you. Also, if you have something very tight on your waist, very tight, or on your neck, then you can little bit reduce the pressure on these two centers. Whatever I have told you, all these conditions, in short means you should be very pleasantly pleased towards yourself because you are going to enter into the kingdom of God. So you have to be very pleasantly pleased towards yourself. Now, please put left hand like this towards me, both the feet apart from each other. I put right hand on your heart and now close your eyes. Here. You have to ask 
a very fundamental question about you to me. You can call me mother or you can call me Sri Mataji, whatever you like. <coughs> Please ask a question three times in your heart. All these questions are to be asked in your heart. Mother, am I the Spirit? Ask this question. Three times. Mother, am I the Spirit? As I told you, if you are the Spirit, you get the guide to yourself, so you become a master of yourself. The Spirit becomes your master. So now take your right hand in the upper portion of your abdomen on the left hand side. Here ask another fundamental question three times. Mother, am I my own master? Mother, am I my own master? Ask this question three times, please. I have already told you that I respect your freedom and the pure knowledge cannot be forced on you. So now please take your hand in the lower portion of your abdomen. The center has got six petals. So please ask six times, Mother, please give me pure knowledge. Mother, please give me pure knowledge. Six times. When you ask for pure knowledge, the Kundalini starts moving upward. So we have to, we have to nourish our upper centers with our self-confidence. So please raise your right hand in the upper portion of your abdomen on the left hand side and press it. And here again you have to say with full confidence ten times, Mother, I am my own master. Please say it with full confidence ten times, Mother, I am my own master. I have already told you <coughs> the fundamental truth about you is that you are not this body, not mine. You are not these conditionings and the ego, nor these emotions and intelligence, but you are the pure Spirit. So now raise your right hand on top of your heart and here with full confidence, please say twelve times, Mother, I am the pure Spirit. Please say that. Mother, I am the pure Spirit. Please say it twelve times. Now, one has to understand that this all-pervading power is the ocean of knowledge, is the ocean of compassion, love 
and bliss is the ocean of truth. But above all, it is the ocean of forgiveness. Uh, whatever wrong you might have done, this ocean of forgiveness can completely forgive you. It is that powerful. So forgive yourself and raise your right hand into the corner of your neck and your shoulder and turn your head to your right. Here you have to again say it with full confidence sixteen times, full confidence. Mother, I am not guilty at all. Mother, I am not guilty at all. Please say it sixteen times with full confidence. already told you, whether you forgive or don't forgive, you don't do anything. But if you don't forgive, then you play into wrong hands. So you have to forgive. If you don't forgive as it is all your lives, you are played into wrong hands. And if you don't forgive, you will also miss out your Realization because this centre won't open. So please forgive. Now raise your right hand on top of your forehead across, Put the fingers on one side and your thumb on the other, press it hard on the temples and now put it down, your head as far as possible. Here, again you have to say with full confidence, from your heart, not how many times but from your heart, Mother, I forgive everyone in general. Mother, I forgive everyone in general. This is very important. Without your forgiving, I cannot forgive, you have to forgive yourself. Please take your right hand now, the back side of your head and push back your head as far as possible. Now here you have to say, again with full confidence and from your heart, not how many times. Without counting your mistakes, without feeling guilty, just for your satisfaction you have to say, O all-pervading power, please forgive me if I have done anything wrong knowingly or unknowingly. O all-pervading power, if I have done anything wrong, knowingly or not knowingly, please forgive me. Say it with full confidence. Now the last center, which is very important, Please stretch your palm fully. Put the centre of your palm on top of your head in the, on the fontanelle bone area which was a soft bone in your childhood. Now put down your head as far as possible 
and push back your fingers. Please, this is very important that please push back your fingers. Here again, I cannot force self-realization on you because I respect your freedom, I cannot cross over it. So move your hand now seven times, slowly, clockwise, saying seven times, Mother, please give me self-realization. <coughs> onto your lap, palm upward, keep the attention at the top of the head and let it sit quietly for a few moments in meditation. Last week we talked about the Muladhara Chakra, the one at the base of the spine, the support of the root, our centre of innocence, purity, dedication. Today we're going to move up the spine a few centimetres and look at the second chakra, the Swadhisthana. During the realisation process, Srimataji encouraged us to ask ourselves, am I the spirit? And am I my own guru or master? Then she suggested that we place our right hand at the point where the leg and the body meet and ask for divine knowledge. Well, where Srimataji focused our attention at that time is where the Swadhisthan Chakra lies. And her suggestion that we request divine knowledge draws us towards one of the chakra's main qualities. Knowledge. Divine knowledge. Not belief which is a mental activity, but knowledge, which is truth. Again, not a truth that is worked out or learned or debated, but truth that can be directly accessed, truth that can be felt after realization on the central nervous system, truth that is of the center, pure, benevolent, joyous.
When Shumatiji was going through the realization process, she was working primarily on the left side of our being, of our nature, our personality. Now the left side, the left channel, also called the Ida Nadi, is the side of memory, of conditioning, of emotion. When there are problems, it's also the side of insecurity, of depression, of pain. If our attention is too much into the left, our knowledge at the Swadhisthana Chakra can be damaged. We can be lured into the false teachings of the false prophets that Jesus Christ talked about, be they religious or economic, or nationalistic, political. And so pulling us out of the balance, out of the divine benevolence, out of the joy. But by clearing the negativity from the left channel, as Ramatiji was doing during the realization process, she sets us on a path which takes us towards understanding our place in the divine scheme of things, opening up our spiritual evolution, strengthening our creative abilities. As the Swadhisthana Chakra is the centre of knowledge, it is also the centre of action. Where the left side turns us inward into memory and emotions, the right side is where the attention turns outward. It is thinking, planning, organising, projecting, doing. And too much energy in the right channel can very easily cause tension, irritation, anger, even violence. The left channel, the Idanadi, begins in the Muladhara Chakra, in innocence. The right channel, the Pingala Nadi, begins at the Swadhisthana Chakra, the energy centre of knowledge and action. Both channels, left and right, then continue up the spine to the level of the brain. Here is Shramatiji talking in Sydney ten years ago about the Swadhisthana Chakra and its connection to the right channel, the Pingala Nadi. The centre about which I was going to talk to you today is the centre of creativity, which looks after your power of action, physical and mental. This power of action moves on the right side of the spinal cord and coming to the optic chasm, it crosses over, passes to the left side <coughs> and creates an institution called ego. The institution of ego is a myth. What we do is to get something dead, like some trees dead, so make some platform or some furniture. We take some stones and make a hall, and we think we have done a great job. Actually, what we have done is to reconstruct the dead. But while doing it, we get the feeling that we have done it something. That is how our ego develops. This channel on the right-hand side caters to your future. So those people who plan too much, think too much, 
exhaust the energy of this center because this center has the first responsibility to convert the fat cells in the stomach for the use of the brain, which is overused, to make them into grey cells. So when you start thinking too much, it has to work more for this very important function. When it starts working for one function, the other functions are neglected. And the other functions are, it has to cater, to nourish or to give energy to your liver, to your pancreas, to your spleen, to your kidneys and part of your intestine. <coughs> so, once you start neglecting these organs, first your liver suffers. Means the function of liver gets limited. The function of basic liver of the liver basically is to absorb the heat of the body, which is the poison, and allow it to permeate into the bloodstream. But the energy is so limited that it cannot function properly. So this center starts neglecting liver and liver then cannot get rid of all the heat of the body. So the heat starts flowing upward. <coughs> when it starts flowing upward, then there's a center, what we call as the right heart, which gets affected. People develop a disease called asthma with it. Also they develop the disease, what we call as a massive heart attack on the left-hand side, when the heat reaches there. They also can develop a paralysis of the right side when it reaches the brain. The vulnerability is there and then it's triggered somehow by the left side action maybe. Such people are futuristic, they go on planning for the future. The future doesn't exist, only the present is the truth. But they go on planning about future, waste their energies and ultimately find that all their plans fail. One must know the divine plan. If you know the divine plan, then you don't have to plan because you know the divine is already planning for you everything. When you understand after realization that everything is done by Paramachaitanya, by this all-pervading power, by this Ruh, then you do not think that you are doing something. Moreover, as I told you, when the Kundalini rises through the Agya Chakra, both these institutions of ego and super-ego are sucked in, so there is no ego, so you become egoless. So your karmas or your duties or your so-called work you have done become akarmas. 
then you don't talk like this, that I, I, I have done this, I have done that. They say, oh, it's rising, it's happening, it's working out. To start speaking in the third person. Even sometimes children you will find, they talk like that. This little boy won't go because it is obstinate. They'll talk about themselves. If you notice, if they are realized schools, they talk like that, in the third person. So you become a third person. And nourishment to this, to this center comes through your Realization, as the Kundalini is connected to the mains. As a result, you get into balance. You are in thoughtless awareness. Somebody has asked me about the thinking yesterday. So the thought arises from the past or from the future. As we have a capacity to react because of the construction of our body as a prism. It's a little scientific thing, but if you listen to some of my lectures, you'll understand what I mean. Now what happens when you see something, you react. Anything you see, you react. You see this carpet, you'll react. You'll see this mic, you'll react. You'll think something about it. So a thought comes, either from the future or from the past, and there's a wave of thought coming and going, again thought coming and going. It comes and disappears. In between these thoughts there's a little space, which is the present. But if I say you pay attention to yourself, to your present, you cannot, unless and until you are a realized soul. So when the Kundalini rises, these thoughts become, they lean out, means they become thin. When they become thin, the space in between increases and that's how you become thoughtlessly aware. So the thinking is minimized. Then the liver doesn't have to do all the time the job of converting your fat cells into grey cells.
speaking, this land is awaking, red earth is rejoicing, shadows dissolve, and hands are touching, linking in the wilderness, the silence becoming the song of resolve. child's wisdom to us now. Om Mother Shakti, Mother of these golden lands. Om Adi Kundalini, rise within us all. Om Shanti Shanti, pour peace into our hands. The words and the singing are by Kate Henshaw, music by Elizabeth Henshaw, and it's from the new Zephyr CD, called Flame. 
And here's Shumataji again, this time talking in New Zealand about the creative aspect of the Swadhisthan Chakra. First of all, those who think too much or those who create too much without realization, those who express themselves in poetry or in literature or in <coughs> music, you can say, in paintings, in all kinds of arts. If they are not realized souls, then they go to the left, to the extreme or to the right. So, for example, if there is an artist, if he <coughs> goes to the right, gradually his paintings will become extremely violent expressions, would be very much showing something very violent. And also, rather I would say, he would be a man who would be inflexible. He'll have his own style, he can't move into another style, he'll use the same style and he will not get into any other style. Kind of a austere nature he develops in his uh, productions. And then when he gets tired of it, then he will take to <coughs> something you can say like abstract art. But without realization the abstract art can be something very absurd and funny. I have seen the extremes of it, that I have seen people who put big canvases on the ground and poured lots of oil paints one after another and roll over it. It's supposed to be a painting. They say this is spontaneous because they fell on it or they rolled on that, so it's spontaneous painting that's come out. Now this spontaneous painting <laughs> should come from a spontaneous personality, not by rolling on thing or something, about all sorts of things they do, but there's no end to it to which nonsensical things they take. And they think they have achieved a lot and they've done a lot and also they sell it to people who have too much of right side, they like it. So <coughs> they put in lot of effort to create this kind of a painting. Also that today's pop music also, which is very aggressive, is from the same outcome because you cannot ascend, so you move to your right. And this pop music then starts now, it's becoming so horribly noisy, uh, I don't know what to call it, absolutely it can deafen your ears if you listen to it. And the whole thing is, the whole gestures and all that are so ugly and so aggressive, as if they're going to eat the mic. Sometimes I feel the way it go on with the mic and things like that. And see then, these people also impress such people who are very right-sided, and so they become popular. 
but the popularity is not the sign of real success. It will come and go away. All such artists and painters come and go away. They have no no standing. They <coughs> they are there for a short time, and then the history talks about them. Those who have been in the center, never about the people who went to the extremes. God knows how many must have come and gone, and those who are today also painting or singing in that way. Tomorrow they will not be known. One after another, you see, the craze comes in, one comes and goes away, another. So they are crazy people, and they create a craze, and the crazy like them enjoy the craze. So it amounts to something that is just wasteful, creates no impression in the history. So this is the right-sided nonsense that comes out of the right-side movement of the sympathetic, of the sympathetic, going too far with your creativity <coughs> and also your writing. Like there were many writers in English language, you know, from Shakespeare, you can start, who showed the futility of human endeavor, like we call it avadhuta, the one who has reached a very great uh, degree of development in his spiritual life. He can see the futility of human endeavor and then he brings them to the point that they have to rise about these stupid inhuman endeavors and take to some sort of an endeavor which will bring them something higher and also will create something of an eternal value.
That was a meditation on the soul's destiny. Words from the Song of Songs, music by the Spanish composer Vittoria, and performed by the Song Company. Shramataji said in one of her talks that before creation began, there was innocence, nothing but innocence. Then through the action of God's prime power, the Great Spirit, the Param Chaitanya, came the Big Bang, and creation and evolution started. Well, this process is mirrored in miniature inside each one of us. Innocence lies at the base of the spine in the Muladhara Chakra. Above this innocence is the Kundalini itself. And it is the Kundalini life force, this tiny grain of God's prime power, that triggers creation of the Swadhisthan Chakra. Creation takes place and knowledge begins. So amazingly, we each have inside ourselves an ongoing history of life from the beginning of time. Over the next few weeks, we will be sharing with you some of the ways in which the upper energy centers, the other five, reflect in us this ongoing evolution. Evolution that has reached in this day and age the point where union with divinity, self-realization, can so easily take place. Knowledge and creativity, left, right and center. Well, here are three poems stemming from Swadhisthana's knowledge and creativity. They reflect its left, right and central aspects, as you will see, not always in balance. First on the left, written nearly 200 years ago, two verses from John Keats' Ode to a Nightingale. Thou wast not born for death, immortal bird. No hungry generations tread thee down. The voice I hear this passing night was heard in ancient times by emperor and clown. Perhaps the selfsame song that found a path through the sad heart of Ruth, who, sick for home, she stood in tears among the alien corn. The same that oft times hath charmed magic casements, opening on the foam of perilous seas and fairy lands forlorn. Forlorn. The very word is like a bell to toll thee back from me to my soul's self. Adieu. The fancy cannot cheat so well as she is famed to do, deceiving elf. Adieu. Adieu, thy plaintive anthem fades past the near meadows, over the still stream, up the hillside, and now tis buried deep in the next valley glades. Was it a vision, or a waking dream? Fled is that music. Do I wake or sleep? And now, over to the right side for a sonnet, one of the holy sonnets written by John Donne 400 years ago. Batter my heart, three-person God, for you as yet but break, breathe, shine, and seek to mend, that I may rise and stand, overthrow me and bend your force to break, blow, bend, and make me new. I, like a usurped town to another Jew, labour to admit you, but oh, to no end. Reason, your viceroy in me, me should defend, 
but is captive and proves weak or untrue. Yet dearly I love you, and would be loved fain, but am betrothed unto your enemy. Divorce me, untie me, or break the knot again. Take me to you, imprison me, for I, except you enthrall me, never shall be free. Nor ever chaste, except you ravish me. And finally, read by Richard Kennett again, a poem from the centre. It's quite long, it takes about four minutes to read, but it's beautiful. It's about a young boy and his place in the wonders of the world God's prime power created. It was written 150 years ago by Walt Whitman. There was a child went forth every day, and the first object he looked upon, that object he became. And that object became part of him, for the day, or a certain part of the day, or for many years, or stretching cycles of years. The early lilacs became part of the child, and grass and white and red morning glories, and white and red clover, and the song of the Phoebe bird. And the third month lambs, and the sow's pink faint litter, and the mare's foal, and the cow's calf and the noisy brood of the barnyard or by the mire of the pond-side, and the fish suspending themselves so curiously below there, and the beautiful, curious liquid, and the water-plants and their graceful flat heads all became part of him. The field sprouts of fourth month and fifth month became part of him. Winter grain sprouts and those of the light yellow corn and the esculent roots of the garden, and the apple trees covered with blossoms, and the fruit afterward, and the woodberries, and the commonest weeds by the road, and the old drunkard staggering home from the outhouse of the tavern where he'd lately risen, and the schoolmistress that passed on her way to the school, and the friendly boys that passed, and the quarrelsome boys, and the tidy and fresh-cheeked girls, and the barefoot negro boy and girl and all the changes of city and country wherever he went. His own parents, he that had fathered him and she that had conceived him in her womb and birthed him, they gave this child more of themselves than that. They gave him afterward every day. They became part of him. The mother at home quietly placing the dishes on the supper table. The mother with mild words, clean her cap and gown a wholesome odour falling off her person and clothes as she walks by. The father, strong, self-sufficient, manly, mean, angered, unjust, the blow, the quick loud word, the tight bargain, the crafty lure, the family usages, the language, the company, the furniture, the yearning and swelling heart, affection that will not be gainsaid, the sense of what is real, the thought, if after all it should prove unreal. The doubts of daytime and the doubts of nighttime. The curious whether and how. Whether that which appears so is so, or is it all flashes and specks. Men and women crowding fast in the streets. If they are not flashes and specks, what are they? the streets themselves and the facades of houses and goods in the windows, vehicles, teams, the heavy planked wharves, the huge crossing at the ferries, 
the village on the highland seen from afar at sunset. The river between. Shadows. Oriola and mist. The light falling on roofs and gables of white or brown two miles off. The schooner nearby, sleepily dropping down the tide. The little boat slack-toed astern. The hurrying, tumbling waves, quick broken crests, slapping. The strata of coloured clouds. The long bar of maroon tint away, solitary by itself. The spread of purity it lies motionless in. The horizon's edge, the flying sea crow, the fragrance of salt marsh and shore mud. These became part of that child who went forth every day and who now goes and will always go forth every day. in the same tape that we played um, uh, from the um, uh, Hilton Hotel uh, pro public program uh, Shumatsi said this so when this kundalini rises through these centres it brings them back to normal to the balance integrates them one with another and connects them to the mains from where the energy flows and that's how you become very dynamic you don't get tired, you feel very young, you never feel your age, and you're extremely compassionate and kind, and you love to do good to others.
Well, that's the end of our program. Uh, Shumati regularly talks about uh, how once you've received a realization, it's a very good idea to gather collectively and meditate together. Information about this can be gathered from uh, information about the program nearest to you can be gained on the website www.freemeditation.com All best wishes and good meditation until this time next week.